On episode 416 of Nintendo Switchcraft, we've got an update from Blizzard since my last episode. Will Cyberpunk 2077 come to the Nintendo Switch? And Untitled Goose Games, my first impressions of it. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. This is Jenny from New South Wales, and you're listening to Nintendo Switchcraft. Hey everyone, welcome back to take two of Nintendo Switchcraft. I, uh, I I had to start over, but that's okay. Switchcraft is brought to you live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And if you had tuned in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, you would have seen why I had to do two takes. But that's okay. Here we go. This episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like JoeyBlaze88. You can get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And if you want to leave a voicemail like you heard at the top of the show, that's easy to do too. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail from any device, and I may even play it on the show. Before we get started, we have a new giveaway. Last time we had a giveaway, it was won by um, community member T.F. Wagner. And if you want to get in on this giveaway, it's super easy to do. Go to runjumpstomp.com slash giveaway for more information on how to join. With that being said, let's get started with the Nintendo news. All right, we are uh, Blizzard. I, I know that this is this is not a Blizzard show, but I, this is directly in response to what I talked about on the last episode, Friday's episode, where I discussed the whole Hearthstone thing with Blizzard, and I, I, I kind of justified talking about it on this show because Blizzard is selling games on this platform, so I thought that it was okay for me to talk about it here. But now, Blizzard has given us more stuff to talk about in, in basically in response to what I said last time, and I am not going to spend very much time on this. At least I don't plan on it. But anyway, um, this morning, I guess, October 12th, yeah, this morning, Blizzard posted uh, their response to the Hearthstone Grandmasters Tournament uh, snafu. And I'm not going to get into everything that, that happened. Go back and listen to last episode. I feel like I did a pretty good job covering everything there. Uh, but let, let's see what they had to say. They said, hello, Blizzard community. We want to take a few minutes to talk to you all about the Hearthstone Grandmasters tournament this past weekend. On Monday, we made a decision to take action against a player named Blitzchung and two shoutcasters after the player shared his views on what's happening in Hong Kong on our official broadcast channel. Uh, and then they, they kind of go into what were the... So they ended up taking his, his winnings... Uh, and banning him for a year. They have since changed that due to uh, community outcry, basically. Uh, they changed it to, they gave him his winnings, and they banned him for six months instead, and the shoutcasters were also uh, banned for six months instead of, I think, indefinitely uh, with the original decision. That's not why I'm talking about this. Uh, because them giving the guy his winnings, it, like, that that seems 
like they should have done that anyway. Uh, this is just them trying to appease the people who are angry around the world at this company for kind of laying down when there are atrocities happening. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I really don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do want to I, I want to read this one part. Uh, they said the specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear. Our relationships in China had no influence on our decision. And to that, I say, really? Like, it's easy to say that you can't prove it and we can't prove that it's not um, motivated by that. But I just don't believe what Blizzard is saying. And keep in mind, I'm saying this having recently reached out to them to say, hey, can I get a review code of Overwatch on Nintendo Switch? And I have heard back. They are thinking about it. And I'm still going to take them to task for for this. I don't think that this is true. And because if it were true, then the, 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 the company would have uh, basically said that what was posted on Weibo, which I guess is like a social media network in China, uh, what was posted by, I can't remember the name of the company that that is basically Blizzard's mouthpiece over in China. They posted some very, very uh, pro-China stuff in response to what Blitzchung had done. If Blizzard didn't... Uh, if the specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor, then I would think that Blizzard would say, what you said does not reflect our company. But they haven't done that. They've stayed silent for that. Something else that I think that should be done is if the specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor in the decision, if that's true, then Blizzard should come out and say, what's happening in Hong Kong is not all right. And we're standing with them. And that is the only, those two things, if those two things happen, then I will believe what Blizzard is saying about this, uh, the specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor in our decision. I just don't believe them. There's too much money involved for it to not be the case. That being said, they do have rules and Blitzchung broke the rules, all right? They have rules in order to keep the focus on the game and the tournament tournament to the benefit of a global audience, and that was they said that that's the only considerations and the actions we took. I don't believe them. They do say, if the opposing viewpoint was delivered on the same divisive and deliberate way, we would have felt and acted the same way. We'll never know. We'll never know if that's the case. So I don't want to spend too much time on this. I just think that I still, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what Blizzard is selling here. And, you know, everybody is going to have to make that decision for themselves. Uh, Frankenstein Gaming is trying to think of the name of the company uh, that is Blizzard's mouthpiece over in China. It is not Tencent. Tencent owns a 5%. I, I could be wrong about the numbers. They own a small share in Blizzard. But that's not the company like Blizzard has a company that uh, publishes their games in China. And also, I think they're working on like the mobile ports 
uh, of stuff. So like the new Diablo phone game is that's being made, that's being made over in China by this company whose name escapes me. And I'm sure that there's going to be a bunch of people who tell me you should do some research before you uh, get on the thing. That's not how it works. If you want to do research, do your own show. I do my show the way I want to do it. Okay. I remember most of the stuff that's really important and the name of the company isn't really important to the discussion. So uh, get over yourselves. NetEase, that's right. Frankenstein Gaming says NetEase. See, I don't have to do research. I've got chat. They're awesome. Thanks, Frank. All right. Let's move on to something. Okay, I was going to say like, oh, you know what? Let's. I'm going to skip this next story. I'll come back to it. I want to talk about Untitled Goose Game. I want to talk about Untitled Goose Game. This game is rad. Um, my wife uh, and I were sitting up here. We were watching some stuff on my computer. And I grabbed a controller and I handed it to her and she says, what am I doing? And I said, you're about to play Untitled Goose Game. And uh, she had a blast. I recorded a little bit of footage of of her playing. And um, that's what I'm just going to have on in the, in the, the screen here while I, uh, while I talk about it. This game is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. I want to talk first about the animation. The animation is so fantastic. The way that the goose leans forward when he sprints is just great. The foley work in the game is awesome. The way that they have somehow made <clears throat> made the music in the game um how do I it's like it's like somebody is sitting there with a piano and playing the music that needs to play at the right time when the goose is up to no good. And it's just great. I love how the goose walks. It is hilarious in every way. And the honking is really funny as well. Although my wife, uh, she has a tendency to spam the honk button. And as I, I would be sitting here and I'd be like, oh my God, stop lady. It's just too annoying. It's a very annoying sound. But this game is fantastic. Uh, I did receive it as a review copy. I have yet to play it. I sat down and let my wife play it, and I watched her, and we both had a blast. There was one moment where the goose is trying to, uh, or no, the um, the uh, groundskeeper. There we go. The groundskeeper is is trying to accomplish something. I don't want to spoil anything for you. And we had a, like, she had a little mission that she absolutely wanted to get to happen. So she's trying to figure out how to do this. And the moment when it, it happened, we just erupted in laughter. And my daughter's home from college this weekend. Cause we're going to go apple picking tomorrow. And, um, she was like, what is wrong with you guys? Cause we were just cackling at what was happening in this game. It's so funny and charming. It's got a very cool art design. There, there's not a single thing. Again, I haven't had my hands on the controls myself, but I don't feel like there is a single thing about this game that I would change. Uh, it is just so fun to watch somebody play and also fun. She, My wife said that it was really, really fun to play. Um so that's that's my first impressions of Untitled Goose Game. She did she accomplished all of the list in the first area and then went into the second area and that's where she was like um I want to play this on my Switch and I said, "Okay, well, we can get it for you then." 
And so she was like, I'm not playing any more on your Switch because she didn't want to uh, have to do everything all over again, uh, even though the game is rather short. I know that you can, you can, I, I've been told the game is like two or three hours long, which is totally fine. Uh, but you also, I, I've been told that you can also go in and get more, uh, more quests to do after you finish the game. And, um, like that, that gives you some extra, extra stuff to accomplish, which means it gives you some replay value going back and, and maybe doing some extra stuff. But, uh, this game is very cool and I highly recommend it to anybody, uh, who is just looking for a fun, casual, uh, a casual gaming experience. That's, that's my first impressions of Untitled Goose Game. And, uh, somebody in chat before we started recording said, it would be awesome if they had an untitled seagull game as like uh, a sequel. And and I think that that would be a very interesting, like uh, 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 instead of just DLC for untitled goose game, I would like to see like the sequel to this where you're a different animal with different abilities. And uh, I'm looking forward to more from house house because they, they did a great job on this game and I love that everybody seems to be embracing it. It's a really cool game. All right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Stick around. That wasn't so bad. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. It's time to talk about Cyberpunk 2077, and we've got some. I've got some bad news for you. Everybody, every time a, a a new game gets announced, every time something is coming out, every time somebody plays something, immediately twi- Twitter erupts with, "When's this coming to Switch?" And I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but not every game can come to Switch. Not every game is going to be able to run on the much lower-powered hardware that the Switch has. That being said, the Switch has lots of fantastic games, like tons of them. And I think that for the most part, all things being equal, playing on the Switch for most games is probably the best experience because you get the the ability to take it with you as well. Maybe you don't have the best graphics. Maybe there's some features that are missing. But for most games, the Switch, I feel, gives you the best experience when playing a game. Now, some games just don't lend themselves to being run on an underpowered system. 
And I know that there's people out there who will say, well, hold on, Bill, calling the switch underpowered is not fair. And you're, you're right. I guess it's not fair. But when you compare it to the PS4 Pro, when you compare it to the Xbox One X, or when you compare it to just to the, the regular PS4 or the regular Xbox One S, like those systems are a great deal more powerful than the Nintendo Switch. Now, when you look at the Switch, it is really, really impressive what people are able to get that system to do. I mean, you can see here in the background, if you're watching me over on my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash run, jump, stomp, you can see my, my PS4 Pro is sitting here and then taking up a tiny little footprint on top of it is my Switch. The Switch is a small system and the ability for the, the what the developers are able to pull off on this small system is very, very impressive. Uh, it, it blows my mind every single time. When you compare this to what we have here for the, uh, for the PS4, that's really impressive what they're pulling off. And I know that we just got the, or we're about to get the Witcher on the Nintendo Switch. And I know that there were people, probably me, I probably said I don't anticipate The Witcher to come to the Nintendo Switch anytime uh, just because it's such a beautiful game and getting them to get it to run on the Switch is going to be too much. But CD Projekt Red was able to do it, you know? And if there's anybody out there who can take a game that is a gorgeous game and, and downscale things and, you know, cut all the right corners to get it to run on the relatively underpowered switch then it's CD Projekt Red. So that begs the question, is CD Projekt Red going to be bringing Cyberpunk 2077 to the Nintendo Switch? And the answer to that is probably not. Uh, basically, uh, CD Projekt Red's John Mamias, hopefully I said that right, uh, they were at PAX Australia this week, and they were asked about whether or not this game was coming to the Nintendo Switch. They said, who would have thought that a game like The Witcher 3 would be possible on the Switch? So who knows? I guess we'll see. If we decide to put it on Switch, if we can do it, probably not. Um, again, I'm reading something. I, I don't have the same cadence as he does when he reads, when he says whatever he says. Um, so it's kind of broken the way that I'm reading it. Uh, also, I don't know um, if English is his his first language, but ba the basic idea here is he doesn't think that it's possible to port this game to the Switch. Does that mean that they won't try? No, but he's not very, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm trying to, um, oh gosh, where you think something, optimistic. He's not very optimistic about the the idea of this game coming to the Switch. It's just... As, as beautiful as The Witcher is, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to require even more intense hardware. And it's also, it's just going to be massive and very, very difficult to port. So I just don't see it happening myself. Um, I wouldn't hold your breath. That That's really what I'm getting at. All right, let's talk about something very interesting. And it got my attention for two reasons. First off, I am a big fan of of the WarioWare games. I didn't, I, I never played some of the earlier ones, but that first one that was on the Wii, um, I don't, re I don't remember what it was called, uh, but you had the Wii remote and you would have to hold it like the umbrella 
and the guy, the, the voice would come on and he'd be like, umbrella, you know, it, it, he would tell you to hold it like the umbrella or the elephant where you would hold the, the Wii remote up to your face and, and do stuff. Smooth moves. Thank you very much, Vernon T. Uh, in chat. So WarioWare smooth moves. When when my family and I got that, uh, my son uh, wasn't born yet. So it was my wife, my daughter, and I. And we played that game a lot. And we laughed a lot when playing that game. That game was great. And it was really, really fun. Uh, and uh, I... You know, then then it came to there was a, a 3DS version of WarioWare and I wasn't interested. I wanted a console version and I still want a console version of WarioWare. Now, why am I talking about it? It's not because Nintendo has announced a WarioWare game for the Nintendo Switch. Although, sweet Christmas, why Nintendo didn't make a WarioWare game instead of 1-2 Switch, I just don't understand. That would have sold so much better, and it would have probably been better received, uh, and it would have shown off all the things that the Switch can do in the same way that One Two Switch did. I mean, that's let's be honest here. That was what One Two Switch is. It's a tech demo so that they can show off the features of the system. That's really what it was all about. If they had done that with a WarioWare game, it would have it would have sold like crazy. One Two Switch is it, it is a million seller. It is a million seller on the Switch, but it would have sold many more if they had put Wario in there and not those uh, videos of actual people. It's just kind of weird. But uh, I'm still waiting for a WarioWare game to come to the Nintendo Switch. And um, Nintendo posted this brand new patent. And the patent is about making a game so that the game adapts to the user in order to change the difficulty based on how the the user is doing. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, so basically, when we're looking at this patent, it shows uh, a method, which is a programming, like it's something that you do in programming, a method. It's like a set of things that you do. And first off, it it... it looks at the stage information. It's got a counting method, which I'm guessing is how many times have you died? And then it has placement amount information. Uh, then it says, okay, we're going to do something here based on uh, how many times you've done this. And then we will change the clear requirement based on the counting method and the, the candidate displaying method. So basically what this is saying is it's going to, Nintendo wants to make a, a game or a pat they're patenting this 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 way of making games so that when you are playing the game if you're real real bad at it it changes the clear requirements for the level and there's a couple of, and, and so why am I talking about this with WarioWare because they included WarioWare DIY in their patent application for it so that's what got my attention. What also gets my attention is that this isn't the first time that Nintendo's done something like this. Take a look at the new Super Mario Brothers games. When you die too many times on those games, um, sometimes you get like uh, the white uh, Tanuki suit and then you can like fly and you're invincible. 
or sometimes Luigi will show up and he'll be like, hey, bro, you want me to take over and get you past this part? And you could say yes or no. I like that. I think it's fine for the filthy casuals like me who get frustrated. Now, on those Mario games, I never use them because I don't feel like those Mario games are hard enough that it requires them. Uh, Like, I can always get past that. But I know that there's been times when there's people who I've talked to who would not have finished those games without those features. And there might be some people who say, well, then they didn't really finish those games. And sure, you can make that argument if you want. But at the end of the day, if the person had fun, then that's really all that matters. With this new object placement method, this new way of putting, uh, of changing the clear requirements of a level based on what's happening with the player, I like that as long as it's optional. I, I always want it to be able to say, no thanks. And this this might be, this exact thing that I'm talking about might be exactly what we saw in the, the new Super Mario Brothers games where they change the requirements. They say, okay, well, now you can be Luigi because you died too many times. You know, it might be that, and now they're just patenting it because that's what companies do. They patent things. So... I don't know uh, if it really means anything. And uh, if you're a programmer and I completely butchered uh, how programming works, feel free to let me know. But keep in mind, I'm not a programmer. All right. Uh, Last story that I want to talk about today is that Nintendo has revealed their 30th. I'm sorry, the 30 most top downloaded. I'm God, I cannot read today. Nintendo revealed the top 30 most downloaded Switch games in North America for September 2019, and the number one is Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers Ultimate beat Fortnite. Now, this is really impressive to me, and here's the reason why it's impressive. The reason why it's impressive is because Smash Brothers Ultimate is a game where most people, uh, maybe not most, but many people, will probably go to the store and buy the cartridge. I think that that's probably the case. Most people or many people will go to the store and buy the cartridge. Now, you can't, I believe you can buy Fortnite. I'm going to go to Amazon real quick. And I believe that you can buy a uh, Fortnite for Nintendo Switch, uh, uh, like a physical copy. Uh, It doesn't really come with a physical copy, but it like comes with a bunch of crap that you don't want. And then... Uh, a code to download it, I believe. I don't think it has a cartridge in it. So the pe- there's very few people going to stores and buying, for instance, the Fortnite Deep Freeze bundle. I don't think that that's happening very often. That being said, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because way more people are going to buy a physical version of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate than will buy Fortnite. And somehow... Smash Brothers Ultimate, like, it outsold Fortnite on the Switch. And in, on top of that, you have to pay $60 for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Fortnite is free. So for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate to top that in September is very, very impressive. That is just astounding to me. I, I could not believe it when I saw it. I can run through the the rest of the list real quick. Zelda's Link, Zelda Link's Awakening is number three. 
Uh, Untitled Goose Game is number four. Minecraft is number five. Uh, Super Kirby Clash is number six. That's a free game. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered was number seven. That's actually pretty impressive, I think. Breath of the Wild is number eight. Castle Crashers Remastered is number nine. And Fire Emblem Three Houses is number 10. I'm not going to go through the other 30, but that's the top 10. I'm really impressed that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate out-downloaded, I guess is the way that you would say it, out-downloaded Fortnite and Super Kirby Crash because or Clash because those are both free games and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is a $60 game. So I just find that to be really, really impressive. All right, I think that that's it for today's show. Uh, just so everybody knows, I've got a new show coming out soon. It's called 143 Pixels. The details about that show are coming soon, but the first episode should launch on November 5th. All right, so I will let you know more about that as November 5th approaches. Uh, right now, if you are a supporter, I posted a poll so you can help choose which games uh, are going to be talked about on this on this uh, show first. And uh, make sure that you check that out on Patreon or on the Discord uh, or on the YouTube members only area. Um, like all that stuff, I uh, have a link to the poll there so you can have your voice heard. If you want to become a part of the community, join the Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can also watch the show live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can get a hold of me through email, runjumpstomp at gmail.com, or you can reach out on Twitter at runjumpstomp. By the way, follow Pixels143. That's my 143 Pixels podcast uh, Twitter handle, Pixels143 on Twitter. And this show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information about other shows on the Giant Size Team Up Network, go to gstu.net. If you're looking for ways to support the show, go to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And for more content like this, go to runjumpstomp.com slash shows. I'm out of here. The music you're hearing right now is Cornaria Star Fox Remix. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me. You could have spent your time anywhere. You decided to listen to me. So you're awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.